Hey folks, this is not Trav, this is Alex, and I am your uh, host, sort of, co-host for this podcast. I have no confidence in, in taking Trav's role, clearly, uh, <laughs> but uh, thanks for uh, taking the time to listen to this. It's It really means a lot. Filling in for Trav this week, who has a lot going on, uh, Trav, uh, he just posted a video today, and he's got... You know all sorts of other podcasts he's in an improv group he does all sorts of crazy stuff uh the guy stays busy what can you say but um filling in for him is our friend seth aka the captain what's going on i am uh i'm having a, a wonderful night i i do have to i have do have to ask speaking of trav's most recent video how how much kicks yeah, yeah. have you played i know you're i know you're a fan of the game boy and chilling and i imagine Kicks is is a pretty good toilet game. I have it on Game Boy oh, yeah. as well, so I'm curious. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's perfect for that. Um, it is an excellent handheld game for the original Game Boy. I never owned it. I'm trying to remember who did. Somebody did. It was one of those games that was seemingly like I don't know. I think I might have bought like an. Uh, I, I feel like I might have bought a lot of games on eBay that. Um, like a, a group of games on eBay um, where Kicks was just kind of thrown in. And then I ended up selling my <laughs> own lot and just threw Kicks as part of it. I liked it, but I, it's not something I ever felt like owning, I guess. But it's a, I, I always liked that format of game. It's It gets pretty crazy the further you go. Yeah, it was it was definitely one of my go-to handheld games. It's something I like often forget about for some reason. It's, I guess, a a game that's easy to forget maybe, but I played it like crazy and videos like Trav remind me of that game, I guess, you know, I never played the NES version, but I remember playing so much on the game boy and there was like no music on the game boy. It was just kind of like constantly. That's all you ever really heard with the kicks going back and forth. The sparks didn't really make any music, Um, but it was, yeah, it was hard. Um, I played it when I was a kid. So as a kid, I thought that game was hard. I didn't really know what I was doing until I was a little bit older. And then you kind of just <laughs> learn how to make a little tower that goes through the screen. And hopefully you can yeah. split the screen in half eventually and avoid the sparks. Yeah. And Yeah. Yeah. Seal it off. Yep. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Like how games used to work back then where it's just like, well, this is what I'm stuck with. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't totally understand what's going on, but uh, <laughs> I'll just have to make the best of it. Seriously. Uh, this seems to work, but uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, hope you had a good holiday weekend. Thanksgiving this past weekend. Uh, this is post probably going to post on a Friday, but this past week was uh, thanks Thanksgiving. Yep. Uh, you had a good time. Yeah, I had a good time. Good time with family. Didn't really go anywhere, but uh, just hung out with family and went to a couple different places around here. Didn't have to go very far, but I know that you went pretty far. So, how was your time in the great city of Seattle? Oh, oh well, I didn't go to Seattle for Thanksgiving. Well, we had Thanksgiving here with family, but we, yeah, the next day we took off for Seattle, and uh, we have friends out there that we stay with, and it's just such an awesome time. Um, so many awesome places to eat and drink. Uh, we went to this place called Knee High Stockings, uh, and that's not what you think. <laughs> it's actually like a speakeasy that's in uh, Capitol Hill, Lower Capitol Hill, and uh, it's just a really chill place that plays like 
you know, Joy Division and the lights are really dim and it's got really trippy looking wallpaper and they have really weird drinks and really fancy food. And it's a lot of places like that. I really like um, that's that's definitely Pearl's vibe. And this is something we needed because we've had a bit of a crazy year this year. So it was really nice to uh, unwind and hang out there. Although I'm not a fan at all of Seattle's traffic or cars or parking situation or really anything to do with any sort of vehicle in Seattle. But what's great, though, about the best thing about Seattle is that you can just be like, you know what, I'm going to go to a a fish restaurant. We went to this place called Ray's and um, we were just like, yeah, sure, it's like 3.30, it won't be uh, all crazy, you know, busy. We'll mm-hmm. We'll be able to get a table, no problem. We can just show up and just get whatever and We'll have a nice meal and then we'll go out to for drinks after. Um, so we we get there and first of all the fish there. We, uh, Pearl ended up getting sable fish. I don't know if you've ever had sable fish, but I, holy no. shit, it is it is unbelievable. <laughs> it is it was really re- it was, it's like the it it honestly the way it was cooked honestly reminded me of filet mignon. The way it kind of melts in your mouth a little bit. It was crazy good, crazy good. I just I was a wuss and I just stuck with my usual salmon with uh, green beans and mashed potatoes and stuff. Um, and our friends just got you know like scallops and stuff like that. Right. But me, like low key in the back, we we ended up getting a window seat, which is right next to the water. The sun is going down. It's this be- absolutely gorgeous sunset. And then w- we look out there and we see like a seal swimming around like in the wild and there's like you know boats in the background there's a sailboat back there it's just like what this is just on like so like i have a huge smile on my face just describing it like it's especially uh you know me and pearl were used to the high desert out here so just coming out to the water and seeing a scene like that just like just because we wanted to eat early so we could (laughs) go downtown and not worry about traffic or anything it was so freaking awesome like yeah i love seattle but i also dislike seattle for different reasons but it's always a good time to go out there we the occasion was we went to see uh one of our favorite bands depeche mode i don't know if you're a depeche mode fan or not i'm not but i have heard you guys talk about depeche mode on here i think actually but uh was it was it a right good concert oh it was the best you know they they they're old now so they just play what people want um and throw in some really good arrangements of some of their older songs too to kind of spice it up a bit so i loved it um i was my legs are still sore my feet are still sore uh it was a just an awesome time so yeah highly recommend was it was it a pretty long concert then? If your feet were sore, yeah. you would have been there for a while. Two and a half hours, oh, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. They played a ton of shit. Um, and they have a new album out, so they, they had to fit in like four songs from that. But uh, yeah, it was it was long. But I, it, I don't know if you're like me, or if you go to a concert and eventually you get towards the end and you're like... All right, about time to wrap it up here. (laughs) You start like looking forward to leaving a little bit, but this time I did not want to leave. I was I kept racking my brain like, what haven't they played yet? Like, there's got to be there's got to be something I'm I'm forgetting. And sure enough, I forgot 
personal Jesus, which they played at the end. Oh, nice. Um, that was that was fantastic. But yeah, it was it was such a good time. It was such a good time. But what if uh, so so since the holiday weekend allows us uh, some free time, that gives us some free time for some gaming. What have you been playing lately? I've been playing a few different things. Um, I'm always playing indie games, but nothing of like super note. I've just been trying to get through as many 2023. I told myself at the beginning of the year, end of last year, whatever, that I would try to play as many 2023 indies as I could because on our podcast, Indie Quest, at the Mm -hmm. end of the year, we talk as a group between myself, Josh, and Steve about our favorites in a couple different categories, like a mini indie only game awards, right? So awesome. Um, I yeah. actually wanted to have a decent library to choose from this year and not feel like a goofball and choose from the four games I played or whatever. So <laughs> right. I am I am nearing twenty for the year, which is really cool. Fortunately most indies are fairly short, although I did play a couple chunkier ones, but um, the big one I've been playing, I put a couple hours into in the past couple days and over the weekend was Octopath Traveler 2, which also came out this year, um, at the very beginning of this year. So, been having a very good time with that one. So, that that leads to the natural question then. Uh, what, uh, Octopath Traveler 2, how does it compare to the other RPGs of 2023 so far, so far for you? I'm only maybe four or five hours in, but I'm, I know that the first Octopath Traveler can be a very polarizing game, I guess. There are people out there that love it, and there are people out there that bounce off of it mostly because it kind of does the live alive thing in a way where yes. you have a bunch of different stories. Good comparison, And yeah. each of the stories are kind of their own thing. And I honestly have not played all the way through Live Alive, but I know enough about it to, to be able to draw that. But I think at the end of Live Alive, there is some like intermingling going on. Whereas with at least the first Octopath Traveler, there's not a whole lot. It's almost like, okay, I have eight different mini RPGs. That's right. And as those eight different stories kind of collide, they don't really mix. But you can just use the other characters That's- from your other stories in this story, right? So if I'm playing as one of the characters, I can play through their story and it impacts them basically only. And you can just use the other characters that you have from the other stories in it, right? So far, I've only gotten through a couple of the chapter one stories with um, Octopath Traveler 2. I I just think, honestly, the stories in themselves are kind of really awesome and I don't know if I've mentioned it on here when we've co-hosted, when I've co-hosted before, but I have a short attention span, especially these days for a lot of like super lengthy story-driven RPGs, the personas of the world and stuff like that, where it's yeah. like you have to be invested for 80 hours and yeah. it's almost like reading a thousand page book or something, right? Yeah. With Octopath Traveler 2, I feel like it works, and and the original one, I feel like it works for me because I can bounce back and forth and keep enough of those stories in my head, but keep me going because I'm changing directions. So it's almost like I'm playing different games, but with the awesome combat. I, I love the combat in those games. I love the break system and things like that. So yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that game, um, and I think it 
it, it is prettier from what I've seen screenshots, what I can remember of the old one versus the new one, because it's been five years since I played the, the original Octopath Traveler, but it, it's really good looking. It's got that nice HD 2D, everything's polished look, everything's shiny. Um, there's like a day night cycle in this one, which is really cool. And things actually change at night versus day. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying my time with that. I think it's highly recommended for anybody who enjoys RPGs, but I don't think it's a different enough from the first one. If you didn't love the first one okay. because of like the different stories, it might not, you might not like this one. I'm not far enough in to know how much they cross over right. if characters like have different dialogue in sure. situations. It, does it have any of the same characters or no? No, they're all different, Complete, totally different travelers okay. or, or whatever they call it. Yeah. yeah. They, they all start with this, the letters of Octopath, just like right. the last one. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, the first one for me is, uh, I, I, I didn't like how the, it, it was eight separate stories and that they didn't, uh, join up in any way it was uh like we we were talking earlier and i i described it as like my turn your turn my turn your yeah. turn i that kind of I, fe- I felt like i was gypped a little bit because i wanted stuff to merge together a little bit more or at all <laughs> yeah, but exactly. um uh but di- so how how would you describe how would you think that compares to the second one it, it it sounds like there's a little more interactivity between stories uh, based on uh, well i i haven't really gotten yeah you super far only, into it you have only a few hours in but have yeah. you noticed have you noticed any difference in that sense it seems like and i i could be misremembering the first one so i apologize if that's the case people are out there screaming or something at this but it i feel like i remember with the first one that you could just select the like each person on the map as you went. So if I wanted to play as somebody else, I would just select that person and go play as them. And then if I wanted to play as a different person, the next time I just go select that person and play with them in this one, it seems it feels more organic. And like I said, I, I could be wrong, but I started as um, Temenos, who's like a cleric. And honestly, he's kind of awesome because I went into it thinking I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm not going to pick like the warrior type, which is usually what I go with that. I decided to go with a cleric and he's kind of awesome because he's like a sassy cleric. He's like (laughs) super cocky and it's just two stereotypes in, in these kinds of games. Usually the cleric is super modest and super humble and, Everything is perfect. And yeah, God is good. And he's got to look whatever. out. He's got to look out for his people and his village or, or whatever. Yeah, it's 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 always about like something more than myself. It sounds like this guy. It's all about him. He, Temenos is like, eh, you know, the gods. I I, I think they're there, but he, it's like he almost doesn't believe they are everything. He doesn't believe they are almighty, which in so many of these games, the clerics and priests always are like, Oh, you can't speak against our gods or whatever. So it's, it's a very different character that then usually plays this type of role. So I, I'm really liking that. And I just started playing Throne's story who is, she's a thief. Um, but she was, she's like in this thieves guild, but it seems like all of the, I don't want to spoil too much, but it is the first chapter, but it seems like everybody was basically forced into this. Like they were, kids probably orphans and were adopted 
by this group and forced to learn how to be thieves and almost slaves in it. So that's very cool too. So, so far, the couple stories that I've seen and, and gotten to experience are, are really good on their own. What I, what I did with the first one was I played through every single first chapter and then every single second chapter and then started focusing on each story individually just so I didn't get like too confused going back and forth. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, so far, really good game. So far, like so good. Like I said, the combat is fantastic. So Yeah. So that, and that begs the question, like, how does it compare to the other RPGs of the year? Like, uh, or I guess chained echoes was it last year or a couple of years ago but uh, uh chained echoes was the very end of last year it's okay. kind of unfair to it that it doesn't get to count in this one because it was like yeah very late december i still like, where count- no one could even play it yeah huh. screw everybody i still count it uh yeah chained echoes uh octopath traveler 2 and sea of stars are going to be forever linked in my head um the same way that like final fantasy 6 chrono trigger and like lufia 2 and mario rpg and like earthbound like this is just this era of that type of game so what 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 do you think do you have any i know you've played sea of stars and i know you loved it uh have you played chained echoes i have not actually we had our pal burger burger champ oh right on right on i know he likes a lot yeah yeah he talked all about he he loves that game i think he has admitted that he likes that game more than sea of stars actually so yep um beautiful game i think it's funny you said you know comparing chrono trigger and final fantasy 6 and stuff like that and now we're comparing what should be this giant in Octopath Traveler 2 being created by Square Enix, right? Yeah. In this retro style going up against these, Isn't that these crazy? indie games. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love that. That's awesome. Yeah. it's uh, It really needs... You know, you just gave me an idea. That really needs more attention, I think. That the it's the, the little engines that could out there are, are trying to compete with Square Enix to fight for the same territories so to speak not that there's any you know there's plenty of time to play all these games eventually but um it's it is pretty cool to see like uh uh was it uh sabotage that made yeah sea of sea of stars and i don't i don't know who made chained echoes off the top of my head i I don't know how like independent they are but you got the you got the fellows that made the messenger and they went on to make sea of stars like so, but I, I do have to ask though, like between Sea of Stars and and let's let's stick with like just the Aquatopath Traveler, yeah, lore in general, just like that the series, like what I, I'm sure you you're probably gonna lean Sea of Stars since you finished that one, it's fresh in your mind. Um, but it sounds like you're really enjoying the second one though too. Yeah, that's that's a really <laughs> tough one. Because... Are they are they different enough? for you yeah i i don't know i i feel like octopath traveler 2 is almost going it's tough to say this because it's not exactly true but it's more like final fantasy 4 or even even earlier than that because there's no atb in octopath traveler 2 which i kind of like atb kind of annoys me after a while i don't want to like it's an rpg i'd rather sit and focus and make sure i'm making the right choice rather than just hurry up and press attack on everybody as soon as their (laughs) bar fills yeah but but so it it kind of reminds me more of an an even older school rpg than sea of stars because sea of stars incorporate even though it is very chrono trigger in its visual style it incorporates so much of like super mario rpg 
with yeah. uh, you know active like where you actually have to hit stuff as it comes to you timing based um, stuff in, you're you're yes. running around finding secrets uh yep. yeah it's octopath travelers is more reminds me of more like your top down final fantasy 4 dungeon crawler you know how you're you, you can only click four different directions even though that's not the case but it feels <laughs> more basic even though it probably is more polished than sea of stars with sea of stars is something to look at it is it, it, it's hard it's hard not to call that game polished <laughs> it's oh my, pretty yeah it's pretty it's a gorgeous game it's it, it, i mean so many times in that game i'm just sitting there with my you know just just walking around i'll spend like five or ten minutes you know it's it's a joy just to like explore towns just because i love how that game looks so much it just looks so freaking cool but yeah uh, but at I mean, the same time, it's like Octopath Traveler 2 is pretty damn polished in its own yes. right. It's got that high-end AAA style of of polish. It's it's so weird. The thing I love about what Square Enix did with Octopath Traveler is it's like they saw how successful some of these indie RPGs can be in that style going like going back and actually yeah applying some retro roots to them and they're yeah. like well we can try that and yeah. now how it started with that but then triangle strategy came out and now they're remaking their old stuff like dragon quest 3 in that yeah. style because live people alive. are like yeah that we yeah live alive like we just give us all of it we're going to give you money it's amazing so <laughs> i you know i think we have the indie space to thank for that for showing oh, that's a hundred percent yeah um yeah, that's interesting. It, it's almost like uh, waking a sleeping giant, and they're yep. like, "Oh, you guys think you're good at that? Well, watch this, mm. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing." So that's that's a cool, yeah, that's a good observation. That's that's definitely. I think that's definitely true um, because it's it, those indie RPGs do get a big cult audience. I mean, Sea of Stars did pretty damn well. <sighs> I don't think yes. it like lit the world on fire or anything, but it still did impressive numbers, at least on Switch. So and it had a like a really good campaign, you know. I I heard all about that game from all over the place. So, just speaking, you know, anecdotally. So, yeah, I that I I I hope it does eventually lead towards, you know, what are some other square, old '90s square RPGs that we could get? There's Treasure of the Rudras. There's uh, what's that called? Treasure Hunter G. There's I mean, yeah. th there's at least five or six more I'm forgetting uh, off the top of my head. But, like, those games are, like, finished already. They just need to be modernized, so to speak. Right. And they were never experienced by most of the Western world anyway. So it's brand new to most people. So yeah. why not give it a shot? Uh, I just hope they don't make it, you know, flimsy, like... Oh, you suckers will buy this stuff. Well, then here you go. Here's here's some right, half-ass exactly. half thing. That's always the fear. But yeah, I mean they have up they have a deep well to to draw from. That's for damn sure. Speaking of um, chained echoes, I really hope, and I know it's not one to one, but I know there's some inspiration there. I I really wish and hope that they would do something with the original Xenogears because huh. that game is super good, um, a long game, but was always unfinished and if they put this coat of polish on xenogears and actually finish what was on the second disc and not just have it be 
pure story where all they're doing is just, you know, blocks of dialogue where you just have to read through it because they ran out of money like you got yep. plenty of money now finish it they they pulled yeah. a they pulled a uh, what is it called evangelion where it's just yeah. like how do we end this i don't know yes, just like exactly. sketch a bunch of stuff and have shinji like just whine about things for like 25 minutes but yeah uh that's the hope i mean that's a good call i didn't even realize I didn't even realize that. I guess that game wasn't finished, was it? So, I mean, yeah. they fin they 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 quote unquote finished. It, yeah, but, they didn't but do a good job. Let's be honest, it. they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they they need to go back to that one. But yeah, that's that's another one that's ripe. The PS One has its own uh, series of a uh, Square RPGs that uh, could get remade as well. That's not the only well to pull from. I'm just selfish when it comes to. 16 yeah. <laughs> bit and super nintendo that's all i want to play but um yeah that's really cool though i i love this this the latest gaming landscape the past year though i can't i'm biased because this is this is the stuff i like to play um i can't wait i think i'm gonna hit chained echoes next because i did play uh, i think about 10 hours into octopath traveler before i just kind of drifted away from it a little bit and got distracted yeah. by like other stuff um but because, like you said, it, it really was like eight separate RPGs, and it's like, well, I'd rather play one long one at the moment. So that's what I'm going to do. But um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to Chained Echoes. But in the meantime, I'm playing uh, the Mario RPG remake. Nice. And uh, yeah, it's fun. It 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 really is. Uh, it, it's funny because I remember when Ar Mario RPG came out at the time, and it's like, wow, Mario RPG by Square. What could this be like? And sure enough, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, it's like, seriously, like Mario RPG. And I was like, well, that's ex kind of exactly what it is. It's a, it's, it, there's kind of no frills. Like, yeah, it's Mario in an RPG and it's a kind of exactly what you would expect it would be. It's the, the combat is simple, but still engaging with the timing thing. The timing thing really threw me, uh, that, that was the main thing it had going for it. But still after that, it was like the you know the stats and the leveling and the and the um uh whatever the you know uh items and all that sort of stuff equipment is all really simple stuff um by rpg standards it's meant right. to be like it's meant to like ease people into the genre like make the transition from typical mario games to role playing games um and sure enough this this same game has the same kind of effect on me where it's like huh what's what's this gonna be like what do they add to it and it's like not much it's basically <laughs> uh, it's basically a remake i'm uh i'm only about halfway through i'm i um i'm in the middle of uh booster's tower so i'm like halfway through I, i'm almost to the fourth star um they also oh, nice. dropped they also dropped the uh the subtitle to the game legend of the seven stars yeah i thought that, that was weird that stuff always bugs me i i guess i kind of get it they're going for the whole brevity thing as the dude would say but um right. yeah I, I i always liked the the extra touch there but um no it's it's basically exactly what you would think um it's it's a remake of a it's a nintendo remake and it's it really polishes up the graphics it's uh Let's see. Did you? I, I do have a question. Do you? Yeah. Miss the old graphics while you're playing this game? Or no, do not you... at all. Not at all. Okay. Um, it fits right in. Like it. It. 
I, it was the the original Mario RPG was one of those games where if they had their druthers, the the developers or at least the pixel artists and stuff would have made it look even better than they did. You know what I mean? Like they right. were going for a as polished a look as they possibly could get for that time, and that's what they could do. So right. and now they finally have it. Like this is the fully realized like HD modern all that sort of stuff. So it's like okay, this is this is fair. Like this is <laughs> this is a fair assessment or this is a fair remake of an old game. So um are yeah. you you playing with the new music? I think you can play yes. either new or old, right? Yeah, I'm switching between them, but I'm I'm I I'm always curious what the new arrangements sound like. Yeah. Um, for the forest maze, I've gone back to the forest maze like three times already just to listen to the music cause it's so good. <laughs> um, and I flip between the old and the, and the new and just listen to it. It's, uh, I love that theme, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly so far anyway, it's exactly what you'd expect it would be. There, there are a ton of quality of life improvements, obviously. Um, and there's, uh, triple text now that um where you get rewarded for uh stringing together combos for getting the timing right you know so many times in a row and then you can unlock a uh um a triple tech between the three people in your party and that's always fun um those are always fun to like kind of discover what they are there's not that many of them i don't think but um you know there's there's a few different party members so, um, you know, obviously there's Peach and Bowser and Gino and uh, Mallow and I think I'm forgetting some. I might be forgetting someone you can get later. I don't remember. I'm. Do you think that this opens up opportunities for Gino to be in other games? Because I know everybody's just wanted Gino to be in everything for the longest time. Uh, I probably would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, I don't get the big deal with Gino, to be honest with you. He's he's a cool character in that he's like the Mario universe's version of Pinocchio. He's a yeah. doll. He's a doll come to life. He has cool powers um, and stuff. And I I do like Gino, but I just don't get the big deal. I guess. Um, I guess people Gino, love. Yeah, he's just he, he's such so clearly a baby of Square and Nintendo. That's like that. I was just gonna say that. Like I think people <laughs> just love the idea that it was it was basically just like the two companies coming together to like brainstorm a character. So I guess that's what it is. Yeah. And I'm just I'm still just kinda like, eh, all right, that's cool. But you know, uh that's that's just me being an old man, I guess. But uh <laughs> I, I I'm tougher to impress or something like that. But um I'm having a really good time with it though. Um this the the dialogue has stayed mostly the same, I think. You know, it's been over 10 years since I've played Mario RPG, but um the same comedic beats are still there and there's still the same in fact there's even more of it, I think. And there's still the pratfall and Mario is still the silent protagonist and um it's still laugh out loud funny at times to see him like interact with people when he can't talk because yeah. he has to pantomime everything and right. I, I get a good i get a big kick out of that but um yeah other than that um i don't think there's that much different i at least not so far like uh yeah i imagine it i imagine it controls a little i i always feel like the and you've played it so much but i always felt, felt like the original always kind of controlled a little 
weird. Oh, it was like yeah, a yeah, 2D yeah. game and a 3D space. Yeah, I what, imagine the new one controls, at least makes more sense to your brain. It makes more sense to your brain, absolutely. When you press up, you actually go up and to the left in the old one. Right, And yeah. you, you, go, you press right and you go up and to... Yeah, that's always was kind of weird. So, yeah, having a... Um, using the Switch Pro controller and using a, a joypad like that um, is is yeah, or a thumbstick or whatever you want to call it. Right, right, right. It uh, it it definitely uh, it eases the transition, so to speak. But uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I I've overloaded on Mario this year. I I played a shitload of Mario Golf. I've played through Mario Wonder. Um, I played yeah. through Mario Odyssey earlier this year, which is one of the best Mario games ever. Like it's top three for me. Um, and now yeah, Mario good. RPG remake. So I, I the, you know, what's crazy is I'm not at all burnt out on Mario. Like not at all. <laughs> like I could play another. I I might go back and play Mario World. In fact, I will play Mario World on <laughs> Christmas Day because that's what I do every year. And good, you know, it's. Not at all burnt out. I, if that makes me a pathetic fanboy, then so be it. I think these games are extremely well made, so bring it on. I feel like I feel like there's like a portion of this podcast that's like the Alex Switch saga, where you didn't have a Switch for the longest time. Yeah, and now we finally we finally yeah. come full circle, and you do have one. Yeah, and you're enjoying it to your its fullest extent. So yeah, cool. I'm I'm finally transitioning out of my Mario Golf phase and into my Tetris Effect phase. <laughs> um, I played that a lot on the plane and on the trip, uh, waiting in you know, waiting at airports and stuff. That w- uh, Tetris Attack is such an awesome idea for a game, man. It is so awesome to just sit there and let the visuals just like wash over you. Like it's just man such a good idea but but yeah the saga continues i guess i would i would be interested to hear from you at some point what and this is not something we need to discuss right now but what are good either games on this snes online system or whatever that are actually fun to play in handheld because oh good call i think it's the first time that you can play a lot of these games really in handheld handheld because you can you can just undock your switch and play them anywhere now but you know back on the super nintendo you had to play them on your tv for the most part right so yeah i had not thought of that that's a good point um i'll have to check that out i know that i think the tetris dr mario is is that on there the combo um oh, yeah it might be and, and tetris attack i mean those are two obvious ones yeah but right. um yeah i i'm willing to bet games like super tennis are a lot of fun a lot more fun handheld that's a good point um, I'll have to think about that though. Good call. Hey there, are you out of goosebumps? Do you wish you had more goosebumps? Then come on down to We Got Goosebumps, where Trav and Dylan read to you from every goosebumps. We got mummies, we got werewolves, we got dummies. They move on their own. You don't even need to worry about putting your hand up on them. Come on down to We Got Goosebumps, the podcast where we got goosebumps, and we'll give them to you. All right, so our our pal Tim Brown says, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Griffey? 
Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> Kenneth Griffey Jr. I've been I've been used to saying Patty Patty Kane, but um, Ken Griffey Jr. presents MLB. Hey, Trav and Alex, I'll, I'll stand in for Trav here. I just like to say that out of all of the Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball podcasts out there, Drunk Friend is easily my favorite. Thank you. Yeah. My question for you guys is as follows. Assuming you guys have some little league or at least some baseball experience, if you two were players in Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball, what would your ratings be? I'll stop there. I, I, I shouldn't stop there because he goes on to talk about stats. <laughs> the categories are bat, pow, speed, and defense. Pow meaning power. And are rated from 1 to 10. You know how it works, Alex. Would your player card background be a shade of blue, or are you a superstar caliber players with a red background? It definitely would be a shade of, of blue, but it would at least be a light blue. Uh, I thought I could make contact pretty well, so I think my bat would be at least a five or a six. My power would be like a two. My speed would be like a three. My defense would be average like five, six. I'd be a bench player for like the Expos or something. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I was always like the fourth infielder on any of the teams I play, I played. And I was only starting just to like, well, Alex needs to play. We got to put him. (laughs) I was never good enough. I was okay. I was solidly okay. Like I'd, I'd hit seventh or eighth in the lineup. You know, I'd come up with like a clutch hit, like once in a blue moon. Um, I do remember, um, (laughs) <laughs> I can't help but laugh at this memory now, but um, I do remember um, pinch running for somebody um, uh, way back in the day. I think I was, this is when I was 12 and I was at first base and I was the winning run. And yeah. uh, I ended up tr- the next dude <laughs> at the, at the plate just hit a bomb and I just took off like ran as fast as I could around the bases. Apparently the ball had gotten to home plate like way before I realized it. And I ended up absolutely <laughs> trucking the catcher, just tr- freaking full on like Ray Lewis, like blasting this kid. And I was thrown out because I hit the kid too hard. It wasn't cause I like it, like they didn't even look to see if I had touched the plate or if the ball got loose or anything. They were just like, no, nah, you can't do that. You're out. It's just like, Oh, that was my that was my moment to show off that I'm a, that I'm a gritty gamer utility infielder, you know I'm the guy that you want pitch running. But no, I I I was just excited to get into the game and and do something. But I was okay. I was better at basketball than I was at baseball. I was I was pretty good at basketball. I had a pretty good handle and and uh, could shoot a little bit. So uh, that was my sport. Baseball, I was okay. I was a but a better pitcher than I was anything else because I could throw strikes. So yeah, I mean, I, when you're young, it's all about just getting in the strike zone. Getting mostly. in the strike zone because then you're just wasting everyone's time if you can't, you know, right. freaking you just walking everybody and it's people. That's the worst feeling, by the way, when you because I had a, a game like that where I came in in relief for somebody. And I could not find the plate to save my life. And everybody's just kind of rolling their eyes like, all right, how long is this inning going to be? And, <laughs> and that just like pours the pressure on even more. Oh, yeah. And it's just a shitty feeling. But uh, yeah, good memories, though, of that. What about you? I was not a baseball player at all. I never, honestly, I think I don't think Trav was played. either. No, he did. He played baseball. Oh, right on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just remember um, him saying football a lot, but okay. 
Yeah. I uh, ran track when I was able to in junior okay. high. So I was a 800 runner, 400. Well, shit. I ran the mile some here and there. But, uh, yeah, I never – I basically never picked up a baseball bat in my life. But I will say my stepson is a baseball player and is actually a very good baseball player. Like, I'm not just saying, like, oh, you know, my kid's good, yeah, yeah. right, like all parents do. But he's – Real good. He has a heck of an arm. Um, but you were talking about the pitching story, and he was on a travel team last year. We watched a lot of baseball. Right. And I'm telling you, whenever a kid is having a hard time just getting it across the plate, oh. you know, too high, too too low, outside, yep. especially if they're in the dirt, yep. you just you just feel so bad yep. because you, you you just look at their face and they're just hate. They just they would rather be anywhere. But on that mound, like just pull. I don't care. I will never play baseball again. I don't care. It's fine. Like <laughs> they just hate their life because everybody's watching. I'm waiting I, for waiting for them to do something. I remember exactly where I was when that happened. It was at Vets Field across the street from Video Update, and I just wanted to like quit and go to Video Update and play arcade games instead of play baseball Seriously. and just stay yep. in there the rest of my life. It was such a horrible feeling. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's the worst but it's still uh, overall yeah I, I played travel too but i just wasn't very good but um it was uh so i i'm i'm guessing that your power would be pretty good it would be like seven eight speed would have to be a seven eight defense question mark bat question mark just depends bat, on bat one bat one <laughs> when you make contact my- it's gone <laughs> my hand-eye coordination is terrible. Like it just always has been. I just, I played my junior year of high school. I played what we call fullback, but it's really a tailback. And I had terrible hands. I just I just did. So most of the time I would carry the ball right and, and run up the middle and ISO or dive or whatever. But there was one game specifically where we were throwing the ball a lot because we were getting beat. Oh. And I would just be out in the flat, and somehow I was four for four on catching <laughs> that day. Like I caught every pass. I yeah. had four receptions for like forty yards or something. Yeah, can't to this day cannot believe that that happened. <laughs> I just I was I was a gamer that day. I guess like I I don't know, but man, I'm I'm terrible. Like I yeah, my hand eye coordination is terrible. I I could not make contact. I anybody who can do that, I I seriously agree. And I don't know if you guys have ever talked about this about what's the most difficult sport to play. But batting in baseball is is definitely up there in yeah. terms of at least professional sports. Definitely, right? so. um, and pitching too. For, at yeah. least for me, it was I was up there because I could throw strikes, and yeah, that was. It's because the kids that had really good arms were, you know, I was a junk baller basically. I could throw a little bit off speed, you know, while keeping the same motion. Um, by gripping the ball a little differently and still was able to throw strikes. So coaches loved me because I was like the ultimate mop-up guy. But, um, yeah, the, the, I was not anybody's first, second, or third, or fourth option. <laughs> it was the, If the game was already over, if we were up by 10 or down by 10 or whatever. <laughs> but um, it's like, put Alex in. But, um, yeah, that's funny. I, I was just going to say, like, I, I hope you weren't going to say that you were, you're fumbling every other carry just like uh, – Adrian Peterson and it reminded me of this because uh, that was he was that was his Achilles heel basically is he couldn't yeah. freaking hang out of the ball but um, it reminded me of um, a text I got from my dad 
uh, just yesterday because we were flying home from Seattle through MSP, the MSP airport. And I, sh- I said I should text my mom and let her know, like, we're in town <laughs> and see what she says. <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're sitting at uh, we went to the there's a bar at MSP called I guess it's like just a twins themed bar. A Minnesota Twins themed bar, so it's all baseball mm-hmm. stuff and whatever. Um, and I texted my mom like, "Yeah, believe it or not, we're at MSP eating at the Twins bar right now. Flight leaves for Albuquerque in an hour." And she says like, "Holy shit! Oh my god!" And then uh, I said, "What did my dad say?" And he goes, he, "His reaction was, <laughs> it's better there than the Vikings losing bar.'" It's like, what? <laughs> like okay, good to know the Vikings have still utterly broken my dad. Like that's his well, reaction to his son being in town. Is like, well, at least you're not at that shit ass Vikings bar. <laughs> I mean, like that. Figures. The Vikings, <laughs> the Vikings went from one week Josh Dobbs was the savior, and the next week he threw four picks. So he was never the savior. He was. Just, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he was the best story in the league by far. But I mean, there's a reason he was available. So right. he's he's a good player, but there, he's he's a backup. Um, yeah, I really like Josh Dobbs on Arizona too. I was so happy when we got him. Um, he, I thought he was the best available that could potentially help us. But I was not surprised at all that he. You know he's he's gonna have games like that. Like he's not gonna be like an every week kick ass starter. That's just not who he is. Because otherwise he would have proven that by now. There's only right. so many Rich Gannons out there that like start. You know that are backups for a million years and then they become league MVPs. Is that the only go to example for that? By the way, Rich Gannon. Do you even know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I know okay. Gannon. But I will say, if we're talking about like revival stories, yeah, yeah. I would say. Geno Smith is having okay, a heck of a... That's, that's fair. That's fair. But Geno Smith it, has the pedigree, though. He was like a... I think he was like 17th overall pick or something. Uh, he was se- second round. Oh, he was second I mean, round. Okay. Second round, second round, but still. Like, yeah, you're not yeah. a first round QB. There's no, there's no real yeah. chance that you're actually ever going to honestly start if you're not in the first round, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Still, I was never like crowning anybody after one game, especially not after 41 years as a Vikings fan. That's never going to happen. Right. It just cracks me up. All my dad wants with the Vikings is for them to be fun to watch. And yes, the Monday night game against the Bears was the most eye rake rock fight <laughs> game ever. I didn't watch any of it, but I watched like the big highlight montage on YouTube that's like. They have to stretch it out to like 10 minutes. So you see a lot of your pass, your catches out there, the fullback out on the flat for five yards. It's like, yep. it's like, oh boy, they really need to stretch for time on this video. Nothing happened in this game, did it? And it's like, nope, yeah. nothing happened. DJ Moore caught another eight yard pass. All right. <laughs> There's uh, another, another four field yard, goal. Another four yard gain <laughs> up the middle. Yeah. yeah. God. Like, oh, can we just contract the NFC North already? But uh, <laughs> sometimes I feel like that when I watch those games where I'm just like, this is the opposite of entertaining. But, uh, yeah, they got to buy well, this week, and then they're back. So we'll see. Who knows? Now maybe, that we've gone. Maybe Jalen Hall is good. We'll we'll see. Yeah, I guess. I mean, honestly, they haven't played the Lions yet, and the Lions let me down hardcore last week. So Yeah, that's weird. They, they played the Lions twice in three weeks and the yeah, last at the very end of the season at the very end of the season I've, i don't think i've ever seen that before that's some that's some like ps2 madden type scheduling right there like <laughs> that's not supposed to happen <laughs> in real life i like, know that's weird that's so weird 
we'll see what happens. Justin Jefferson should definitely be healthy and able at that time. I mean, he's uh, his skill is to catch balls that aren't catchable. So just throw it anywhere near him and he'll go get it. And hopefully that'll open up the field for everybody else. And that'll make life a little easier for either Dobbs or Hall. We'll see. But uh, I've, I don't know. I don't want to get too far off track. It's like, I, I feel like the Vikings can at least be a playoff team. I think their defense, I love their defense. It's basically like some guy picking engage eight and Madden every single play. They're just pounding the X button, engage eight, engage eight, engage, like blitz everybody <laughs> all the time. And it's hilarious to me because when it works, it works awesome. But when it doesn't work, oh boy. Oh, it's bad. But uh, it's, enter- it, I like that. I like that style of defense though. I saw the other day that one dude that safety has played more Harrison Smith. Yeah, he's played started more games than any other DB ever for the Vikings, which is pretty cool. That's pretty crazy because Paul Krause played for a million yeah. years back in the seventies. So yeah, and Joey yeah. Browner back in the day too. That's that's really cool. I did not know that Antoine Winfield's up there too. I'm just gonna keep naming guys: uh, <laughs> Carl Lee, Isaac Holt. Uh, uh jimmy hitchcock he was one of my favorites uh anthony anthony parker i thought he was going to be a superstar <laughs> i think uh i think later on our pal briz is going to have you name a whole bunch of baseball players oh okay so I, I gotta get out of football mode then. all right you gotta yeah, you gotta yeah. let's get to that you gotta finish this email here <laughs> so tim finishes with once again thanks for all the great content you both create trav the white Sox suck I agree. <laughs> it just it throws that in there <laughs> casually. That's awesome. And Alex, congrats on the Twins winning a World Series. No, he just All means day. winning a playoff series because that's what happened. Winning, the... winning a series. I see. Yeah. That. Did I say World Series? You that's, said the, that's winning that's the totally World mine. Series. It's like no, yeah. this ain't ninety one. Totally the names. Hey, <laughs> he he could have been saying congrats on the ninety one World Series win. <laughs> you know, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> Although Jose Barrios shouldn't have been pulled in the fourth inning in game two after only 47 pitches. What the hell was that all about? Sorry, angry Blue Jays fan here. Have a great rest of your day, gentlemen. Your old pal, pro football Hall of Famer, Tim Brown. That's right. One of the best college kick returners of all time, Tim Brown, and a great receiver for the Raiders for many years. We'll keep the sports going here, uh, or at least we'll conclude the baseball section by saying, you know, I'm a Twins fan, and when they pulled Jose Barrios after 47 pitches, I was seriously like, they can't be serious. Like they, th- this, why would they do that? That's that's asinine. That's completely stupid. Like you're gonna rely on your your bullpen over like this like proven pitcher, like this dude who's like absolutely dealing, and yeah, it cost him. It was really. I'm stupid. assuming he gave up a couple hits or a couple runs, or I really don't know the story. They had a game plan that no matter what, uh, he's coming out after the fo- uh, he's coming out at a certain time, and they were gonna just follow that plan no matter what. This is the genius manager. Hopefully that guy got fired. I'm not sure if he did, but it was it backfired big time. And uh, you gotta ride the guy. You gotta go with your gut and just be like, you know what? Screw the plan. This dude is. Like, nobody can can make contact with this dude. He's on his game. And why wouldn't you ride the guy when he's pitching in target field and he's pitched there a million times because he's a former Twins pitcher? That's what blows my mind. But anyway, we should probably keep going here. (laughs) (laughs) I could go on all day about that. But I'll start this next email. Uh, 
It's called uh, Video Games Are Weird from Alan. It says, Dear Drunk Friend, which of the following sketch comedy characters got a video game? Was it one, Father Guido Sarducci? Wasn't Father Guido from Letterman? I don't know if he's... I guess Letterman's... Uh, let me Google that real quick. I. Sorry for the delay. Honestly, I don't know any of these people. Oh, you don't even know the third one? Oh, man. Oh, I he honestly... was... I'm, Father Guido was from SNL. I thought he was from Letterman. Oh, uh, uh, no, that's I SNL. Should know that, but uh, no, know. this is SNL in like the the 70s, I think. Oh, <laughs> and then gotcha. uh, the Gumbies from Monty Python. Uh, then there's three Homie D Clown from In Living Color, and then four Blueberry Head uh, from Mr. Show. Good, good pulls there for all all four of those. I I hate that I can't remember Father Guido. That that makes me mad, but um. Alan, I already knew the answer to this. Uh, I'm not sure if Trav would know uh, because Trav, uh, I'm not sure how much like video game TV crossover he had growing up, uh, especially back when this character was around. But the answer is three, Homie D. Clown. Uh, there was an adventure game called Homie D. Clown. I remember seeing commercials for that game, actually, like way back in ye olden days. So, yeah, I, I do remember that. And uh, Alan concludes by saying, so yeah, video games are weird, Alan. That, uh, it, I wonder if that game's any good. I w- I pr- uh, it's got to be an overwhelming no to that uh, as an answer to that question. But I would still like to s- at least see what it's like if they tried it. Um, I'm just going to do a quick search. Trav was probably hoping for a, a Matlock game. <laughs> <laughs> You're going Matlock there? Doesn't Not to- Trav likes Matlock, I thought. Uh, it was, it's Columbo. Columbo. <laughs> I get them all mixed up. <laughs> Aren't they all the same? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him that. That's funny. Well, he's uh, gonna hear it. So yeah, yeah I do. well, yeah, I guess I won't have to. <laughs> Good call. All right. Thanks for the email, Alan. We appreciate it. All right. I will go on with the next one. The far future of retro gaming from Dave in Norfolk. Alex and Trav. Lately, I've been enjoying a creator on YouTube named Jason Graves. And then he links Mr. Graves, who's mostly focusing on reviewing SNES RPGs. This is nothing groundbreaking, but he was born after the SNES was a modern console. It's been wonderful watching somebody rediscover the classics that they weren't around for, but it sparks an existential angst in me. We're getting older, and one day, the games we grew up with will only be a memory. Do you ever wonder about the future of what we now call retro gaming? In 100 years, will anybody still be talking about Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI? What about in 500 years? In the year 3000, will some space hipster still insist on playing Seventh Saga, (laughs) and that it's actually pretty good if you're not afraid of grinding? Love the show. Thank you, and have a great rest of your day. Dave in Norfolk. I, I don't see the point of thinking a hundred years in advance in terms of like pop culture because probably not like is the answer like what do we remember right now from a hundred years ago like the Spanish flu and uh, <laughs> you know fla- I mean, silent movies and flappers and F. Scott Fitzgerald <laughs> and stuff I, like that <laughs> my, my thought about that is I'm going to try to draw a comparison from 100 years ago that actually like is sort of parallel to what 
Dave is is trying to draw a comparison to. Mm-hmm. And that would be something like checkers or oh. to me, football, right? Like yeah. football is still very popular. So I, I mean, I'm not saying that these specific games will be popular, but I think that people will still be like, oh yeah, look at this thing, right? And I'm sure that Final Fantasy VI will have been remade for the 70th time and Chrono Trigger will be remade for the 30th time in 100 years, right? So those specific examples, I feel like they are everlasting in a way because they're just so good. They were so groundbreaking that I think that they will probably be around 100 years, but Seventh Saga is probably going to be dead at that point. <laughs> That's sad. Pour one out for Seventh Saga, everyone. Um, that's a good point, though. Um, I think the stories will last longer than the games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The characters, the music, absolutely will last. The games themselves, uh, probably not. But the stories, like you said, I'm sure those all those titles will be... I'm sure someone's going to revive Seventh Saga at some point, but not to the extent that things like you know hugely popular stuff like chrono trigger and and uh final fantasy 6 will be uh so yeah i i I think the spirit of those games in some shape or form will will reverberate across the centuries or across the decades at least um i mean they already have at least a little uh especially uh as video games have evolved over the past you know that that's that's one of the most amazing things about growing up with gaming is that I was I can remember being five years old playing adventure on Atari twenty six hundred in my basement and having the crap scared out of me by the fact that <laughs> a, a dragon can move from one screen to another. You know, like it yeah. follows you from one screen to another. I was like not expecting that, and it I could honestly remember feeling my heart jump when I saw that and it was just scared the shit out of me. So, I mean, those stories and those games, the music in those games, especially will still give, if they were able to create a response at the time, I think those, those are a lot more intricate than adventure for Atari 2600. So I'm inclined to think that they're going to, in some way, shape or form, they're going to invoke a response however long from now too yeah i think it's honestly the introduction of the nes anything past that that was actually relatively good will be remembered for however long somebody wants to continue playing them because you know atari at that point i mean there are decent games but it was more of a tech thing a toy right but once games started to like super mario brothers started to become well really good and interactive like it is then yeah all of a sudden now we we remember them rather than the oh yeah that's an atari game it's like that's a memory uh you know yeah yeah no i hear you and let's be honest not to be too cynical but it, it needs a commercial spark too like there needs to be yeah. uh a, a financial incentive for people to you know it's like oh this sold a lot of copies well then maybe it'll sell a lot of copies now you know, like yeah, if right, it exactly. worked back then, we're seeing that all the time now. You know, with how many remakes, so I don't see that going away anytime soon. And to be honest, like how many times have Shakespeare—not to compare gaming stories to Shakespeare—but 
how many times have we seen the same stories you know retold in different contexts and movies and books and other forms of media the same sorts of things like king lear and hamlet and stuff yeah so i'm sure the same thing will be true with some of the stories that that were created in, in our generation that took off and were popular so i'm sure that will be the case as well yeah, I mean, we were just talking about the the 2D HD upgrades of all that's these right. games, right? Like, that's the next step. We're we're 30 years out from Final Fantasy VI, but that's probably going to happen soon. So, yeah. Not, oh, you're hoping, man. I, I could use another playthrough. I, it, what The frustrating thing about the remake thing for me is that as much as I want to replay some of these games... I mean, I'm sure I'll replay Chrono Trigger because it's one of my favorite games of all time, but I know Final Fantasy VI... It's not a favorite necessarily, but it's really, really good. And it's one of those things where it's like, do I want to risk replaying the original, even though there's like a chance it might be remade a couple of years from now? And I'm I'm not going to be, I'm going to be kind of tepid on the remake because I just played that game. So, yeah, I don't know. That's just my thought on it. Like, so that that could kind of bite you in the ass too. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And especially if you're going to go back to the original, uh, you know, you, you worry that a, some of the polish will have worn off and I'm like, oh, you know, it's just still pretty good. But I like know, the, when the polish wears off. I like when the polish wears off personally because then I get to like, oh, huh, it, because then I get to like see it from two different perspectives. My perspective now, it, it like separates it for me. Like, it makes a clear line between, like, here's what I thought then and here's what I thought now. Yeah, so yeah that makes I, sense. I like that part of it, personally. But, um, yeah, good cool. good question there, Dave in Norfolk. Um, yeah. I remember going to a gift shop in Norfolk because we were on a road trip to a beach house on Nags Head Island in North Carolina. And my my friend John, who was driving, was like, we have to stop here. And I was like, we, we we were all like, why? There's a bunch of us. We're all like, why do you need to stop here? It's like, <laughs> it's like my girlfriend likes this stuff from this gift shop in the mall. And so we had to stop our road trip to go in the freaking mall in Norfolk to get something. So that's when I think of Norfolk, I think of that. <laughs> it just and everybody just is pissed and irritated. It just made me laugh. The stuff that he wanted there it was only there it was only or... at this gift shop at this mall because that's where she's from i don't even know what i remember what it was <laughs> uh, I, just I, remember... I was like it's got to be like hot fudge or something right? yeah like it's something got, unique I, I, it's it has to be something like a certain kind of kettle corn or who, yeah, kn- who yeah. knows like it's and he had to bring it back for her or something so but i just remember everybody being really pissed off that we had to stop but uh anyway we got a few uh, questions from the Discord. We got Top. Hey, this is episode 123. This is from Top 123. Mm. He says, I believe it was Alex who wanted to dip his toe into the world of podcasting. Now that it's been a couple of years, what's the expectation versus reality? Have you accomplished or experienced what you wanted to? In what ways has it been better than you anticipated? Do you regret knowing Trav? <laughs> uh, i can't uh, wait to get to the last one the answer i've got, I've got opinions <laughs> the answer is yes i regret knowing trav there's not a second <laughs> that goes by when i don't regret knowing trav because i get dragged into this garbage every t- no i'm just kidding um <laughs> it's been like way better than i originally thought uh i think 
you know, gun to my head, uh, back when we first started this podcast, it was in the middle. Of, it was right when the pandemic started, and I did it just to like, as just as anybody else would, just to reach out and just to talk. Uh, cause mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be stuck home for a long ass time. <laughs> this this yeah. ain't going away anytime <laughs> soon. But, um, yeah, so that was like my initial thing, but the fact that it's lasted this long and that we still have like, we have recurring guests like you and like Merritt last week or last mm-hmm. episode, I should say. <laughs> um, and all that it's, it's, it's really, really cool. It's really cool. Um, I, I, expectation versus reality isn't even like it feels like an unfair question because i had no expectations and the reality has been a thousand times better than any sort of expectation i could have had anyway because i had never done a podcast before i didn't i just honestly i i really thought it would be more i i I did want to use it as as an excuse to talk to some youtubers that i became infatuated with for their because of their content right like i'll never forget talking to the art teacher from new zealand i was yeah that was sweet i was doing the barry horowitz pat on the back on myself for that one (laughs) afterwards because it's like i just talked to somebody from new zealand that is the coolest shit ever i don't care what you said like that is awesome like like if i had told my my childhood self that he'd be like really like where's new zealand like i I don't i don't know like i love that part of it like just talking to random people through random walks of life i think that's like the coolest shit to me um although having like pulling guests from nowhere is always like hugely hugely nerve-wracking and anxious because you just hope it goes smoothly um from a technical standpoint god forbid you have to sit there and troubleshoot stuff um, you hope that the guest is talkative and that you can bring out some interesting stuff from them. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's very, it's, it's very nerve wracking to get to, to stare down that barrel, so to speak. So it, it is, it is very intensive, uh, in terms of like preparation and like, okay, we got to make sure I got to make sure I'm on, I got to make sure I'm, I'm doing this like i'm sure you can relate to that a little bit with with indie quest too it's like you got to turn it on yeah and you gotta yeah, make, i mean you gotta make sure you're interesting like on the spot right and uh i i have been known to acquire a guest or two for you <laughs> you gentlemen but i'll <laughs> say the easiest the easiest part is getting them because the interviewing part you guys do an awesome job at and is oh. scary we we have interviewed uh, at least one, maybe more. Oh, we've interviewed a couple people on IndieQuest. And it is, it's just like you think you're prepared and you're just hoping it's going to be a good experience. But for the most part, I think we kind of knew that the guests that we had on, on IndieQuest would be pretty good. We had Jimmy Hoppe on. Jimmy Hoppe was, he's you know, He's great, yeah. Yeah. And he'll talk. And, and like, anybody that comes on is just willing to shoot the shit like that is yeah. that's the best like when you just you kind of forget your podcasting right like that's, yeah that's that's, that's really the goal honestly yes um the the thing is though is that uh yeah when i when i first started i i, I did want to have uh i remember like the fourth episode i, I trav couldn't make it for that week so i was <laughs> left to my own devices and I, tr- I tried to get like really creative with it because I wanted this podcast to stand out as something different from other podcasts. And it's like, well, how can I do that? And it's, 
I don't know. I can have like just random people show up and and uh, like I had. I remember I, I asked Coolor like, can you make some like cool sounds of you like phasing in and then phasing out like as a guest, <laughs> you know, like almost like a Star Trek kind of a thing. Like I, I, my mind was like all over the place. Like I just really wanted to to try something different. Um, and I don't think we did that. <laughs> I think this is just another podcast. And that's f- like freaking great though, because we just got our Spotify thing, uh, whatever the Spotify roundup, whatever they call it. Uh, and we have really good loyal listeners from all over yeah. the world. And thank you all for watching because you've for watching for having used That's what I'm used. That's what I'm used to saying. Um, uh, that's my catchphrase. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening, uh, because it's, uh, been really fun to do this. Like it's, it's such an unexpected gift to have this, uh, outlet. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's been amazing. I, I feel like I've done it several times, but I always have to thank you and Trav for starting this because honestly, the amount of friends that I've gained, gained like almost at least this was kind of the, the jumping off point. You know, so many of the people in the discord came to the discord because of drunk friend and so many people that we've met in person um, because of this podcast and lifelong friends. It's really cool. Really special stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, Honestly though, if, if gun to my head again, a lot of guns to my head these days, but um, <laughs> that's all Trav. That's all Trav. Like he has a magnetism about him. He has a personality about him. He has a gregariousness about him, a talent, a a sense of humor. Like he, it's that's that's him, man. Like that. I I'm just along for the ride for the most part. At least that's how I feel. Like he's he's kind of the driving force of it. So he, it's I see this the whole network as like his kind of creative outlets or at least yeah. you know he's he's one of many but it's his you know he i i i go by his lead basically you know i i see this as like his thing so um you know and i i yeah. show up and uh hopefully i haven't gotten too wasted lately <laughs> uh, <laughs> i mean i've i've done a great job making an ass of myself in the past with with Trav though, uh, uh, you know, I, I I say like God, I just you know I, I I do my stupid I'm sorry thing, and Trav all Trav says in response is like I had to cut 45 minutes from the recording, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, and he just leaves it like that, and I'm just like Jesus fucking Christ, and that's that all he needs Trav. to say. That's it. That's it, and he's right to say just that because it works <laughs> it works and that's all he needs to say so that's yeah. funny that's that's our trav <laughs> no this he, is like the, like he does such a good job making a joke out of everything everything yeah. in life he can make a joke about it it's, uh, yep, it's just that's it's one of his many talents for sure yes yeah, so seriously the other is making two buttholes touch but we won't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, right but we won't talk about that uh you want to go into? You want to read the next one? I'll I'll read it, but you're going to be talking a lot. So, Mister Mullet wants you to give us an analysis of the 1995 MLB season. And I, I should say that's that's from our pal, Mister Mullet Gaming. Check him out on YouTube. Yeah, check yes, him. Analysis of 1995. 1995 Major League Baseball from Mister Mullet Gaming. Uh, 
and like Seth said, Trek. The, 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 I, I'm sorry, I haven't called you the captain enough yet. The captain, captain, captain. Uh, it, like he says, uh, Mr. Mullet Gaming. Look him up on YouTube. Good stuff. Let me think. 95 would have been the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series. You know what? 95. My my main takeaway was that I think that was the year Kirby had to, Kirby Puckett had to retire because he woke up and couldn't see because of glaucoma and he Jeez. held that that really freaking sad press conference with a huge bandage over his oh, eyeball man. and wearing sunglasses and it, this was in spring training and he's like yeah I have to quit I can't see and that was like devast that was like it for twins fans it's like oh well that's it season's already <sighs> over so that's how old was he at that time he was already he, his prime he was on the downside of his prime he was probably like 35 36 but still still he think that he, he would have wake up tomorrow with glaucoma yeah and not be able to see he was scary everybody is under the impression he would have gotten to 3,000 hits he would have gotten to like all these other milestones he would have played for at least three or four more years as a very very good hitter if nothing else but yeah, his his career was just over, just like that. But um, the other thing in '95 is, of course, Ken Griffey Jr. related. Um, the Mariners finally made the playoffs, and this was the first season uh, where they had the expanded playoffs. Uh, the The first ever ALDS, American League Divisional Series, was the um, one of them, I should say, was the Mariners against the Yankees. And I'll never forget Griffey just going off and just launching bomb after bomb. Like, he took over that series. He scored the winning run in the deciding game after Edgar Martinez laced a double down the left field line. I'll never forget the call and the visual. So freaking exciting. And they beat the Yankees, too. The Yankees weren't the Yankees for a long time, but I still wanted them to lose because they were a New York team. So that mm-hmm. was that was exhilarating and fun and awesome. And then they got cru- <laughs> the Mariners ended up getting crushed by the Cleveland the next round in the ALCS uh because if if any if any of baseball fans are listening to this, go look up that 1995 Cleveland Indians lineup and just keep your jaw from hitting the floor cuz it is one <laughs> of the most loaded lineups you'll ever see. Like, it is a murderer's row of, like, Jim Tomei, Manny Ramirez, Carlos Baerga. I think Roberto Alomar was on that team. Uh, it's just, like, one guy after another after another. And it's not just one guy, like, one Hall of Famer after another. Like, oh, this guy was really good. This guy was, like, Carlos Baerga was a great second baseman. Like, it was unbelievable. Like, that team was so loaded. But they ended up losing the World Series to the Atlanta Braves. They finally came through after losing in the World Series a few years, uh, for a few years. And uh, Glavin, Smoltz, Maddox ended up getting their ring. Their one ended up being their one ring in 95. So that's that's my analysis, is that Kirby retiring was depressing. The Mariners made me feel better. And then the Indians ruined it because they're, they were loaded. And then the Braves ruined the Indians. There you go. So I got to know something. Yeah, I am not a big MLB fan. I'm a Tigers fan. I'm a Detroit sports fan, but I'll go see the Tigers play. I mean, the Tigers have been terrible for years. Um, how? What is the? Is there a cap in the MLB? I think or there's a there... there's a luxury tax. I think, if I remember oh, okay. correctly, where you need to share the revenue, or you need to share. I forget how it works. I don't, I'm not good with that sort of stuff. 
the oh, the financial okay. type stuff, but there is something. It's definitely not a cap, though. I know a lot of people. You know, I've always been a fan of the NHL, but especially recently, I've been really getting it on the on the Detroit Red Wings. But yeah, a lot of people talk about how oh the cap ruined the NHL and blah blah blah. So I just wondered if there was something similar. Mm. I mean, there are a lot of people think that think the cap is also a good thing, so you don't have wagons like the wings in the late 90s and stuff like that and that can't happen anymore right but yeah yeah um what there's a lot of other things that suck a lot more about the nhl than than the salary cap in my opinion the the one thing about that i'm inclined to talk about from my perspective is that uh as a minnesota wild fan they're dealing with the fallout of the buyouts of 10-year contracts i know from a million years ago and yep. it's like, why are we still dealing with this? Like these guys have been done forever. Like they're not done, done, but they're they haven't played for us for several years. It's like that's that seems ridiculous to me. But whatever, yeah. that's that's what you got to do. I mean, that's you just they dug themselves. Like it was a yeah. boomer bust decision, right? And they busted yeah. on it, and now they're in cap hell for uh, the next. I mean, they're this season and next season. They should. Everyone thought they were going to be good this year. They're just not. Like, I mean, they were a playoff team last year. They just look like garbage right now. But. It's it's always been a tightrope with the Wild. Um, they've always it, it's always been like, well, if they're going to be good, they're going to be you know hundred points like they've been the past couple of years. But if they're going to be bad, they're going to be really fucking bad. Because, and there's no help on the horizon. Like, there's no way to even call somebody up. Like that's how tight they are against the cap. They can't even bring up Jasper Wallstead without because like his salary would be too much. It's such a mess. Um it's it's yeah. just the worst. But um so yeah, it's I would say to your question, eh, there's there's worse out there. Um, but I don't know. I, the cap is expected to go up every year, um, which yeah. is supposedly supposed to create relief and stuff like that, but yeah. Uh, we'll see what right, happens. Which, which is why certain players like Dabrinkit took a took like a shorter term to try to make more money, prove himself, and make more money. Yeah. in the future when the cap goes up. So yeah, exactly. Listen, the world moves fast. It seems like as soon as you beat a game, it's lost to time. No one to talk to about it. No credit. No one to even appreciate it on Twitter. While over on the Polykill podcast, Trav and I aim to remedy all that by talking about the games we're playing, the games we're beating, and the games you are beating. So please head on over to polymedianetwork.com, check out Polykill, and maybe you'll be the next Polykiller. All right. So, Briz says, Alex... This is this is for you and and take a deep breath. But how many baseball players can you name without taking a breath? Okay, my lung capacity is not so great lately, but we'll we'll try. I'm I'm a pipe smoker, so I I don't like marijuana is legal in New Mexico, and I smoke from a pipe. Okay, like I, I like, <laughs> don't judge me. Okay, like I I should probably use a cleaner method of smoking, like a like a bong or something. But no, I I, I smoke. So okay. Let's see. All right. Let's I'm gonna, I'm going to tr- I'm going to go with the World Series winning 87 and 91 Twins since those names are like tattooed into my brain. So, 
I'm going to take as deep a breath as I can and just start. <coughs> Bad start. <coughs> Frank Viola, Burt Bly, Levin, Keith Atherton, Dan Schatzitter, Jeff Reardon, Gary Gaetti, Greg Gagne, Steve Lombardozzi, Kent Herbeck, Tim Laudner, Dan Gladden, Kirby Puckett, Randy Bush, Gene Larkin, Mike Pagliarulo, shit, uh, shit, who, Paul Sorrento, uh, I'm just going to name guys, Roberto Alomar, Carlos Baerga, Manny Ramirez, Jim Tomei, uh, Jack Morris, Scott Erickson, Kevin Tappany. <laughs> How many was that? I don't know. Briz can count. I, I I did not count. Honestly, I was just I, I was marveling at the fact you were doing it. So I choked. I was trying to. I couldn't remember Brian Harper. I was like, who the fuck was the catcher on the '91 team? I was stuck on '87. Ugh. Most I think most people would just go with household names for something like that. But you named like three people that I actually knew. So. <laughs> Right, no, no, no mention of Derek Jeter. So, <laughs> don't name that guy. That guy shouldn't even be in the Hall of Fame. FYI, now, let's let's stop this talk about him. Nah, he should be in the Hall of Fame, but he's not one of the greatest shortstops ever. Let's stop there. Like Greg Gagne had better range than Derek Jeter. Let's be honest. He's he's on my mind because I saw him in a commercial the other day. I'm like, is that Derek Jeter? Oh yeah, yeah. Derek Jeter. yeah. What what is up with him being on TV all the time? It's weird. I don't know. He's it's like a car commercial. It's yeah, strange. he he showed he was all over the TV on Thanksgiving. I'm like, what the hell is Derek Jeter doing on my TV? <laughs> yeah. yep. yep. Well, what else do we got here? What I mean. Uh, oh, I guess I I do have an interesting. Uh, this is where usually where Trav and I talk about comments that we get on the YouTube channel, so we can go into that um, real quick. I there's only one for me because I liked this comment uh, from Blocks Gaming Reviews. Um, it's on my video about Frantic Flea for Super Nintendo, <laughs> which is a god awful terrible game and is honestly painful to try and play. But the comment goes, uh, or the comment says, I owned this game as a kid. I really wanted an N64, which had just came out, and my mom had said, we'll see what we can do, as moms tend to say, when they are the matriarch of a poor family with a minuscule chance to afford a brand new gaming console. School had let out right around Christmas time. It may have been the last day before Christmas break. And while I normally rode the bus home... My parents picked me up from school, telling me in the most sly ways that they had a surprise for me. I bounced around all giddy in my back seat, and my mind had already settled that I had a brand new N64 waiting for me and could hardly contain my excitement as we ran errands in town for the next hour or so. Then, just before getting home, my mom stopped by a family friend's house, went outside, and brought out my gift. The family friend was giving me frantic flea, box, manual, and all for the low, low price of free. <laughs> no Mario 64, no pilot wings or wave, wave race for me that year, but I did get to enjoy, quote unquote, the funky tunes of frantic flea that Christmas. I think I also got my Yogi Bear game for the SNES that year. Bless my parents. <laughs> they tried. I just like that. Oh. I like stories like that so much because it's, it's so relatable. He, he could yeah. have had the the funky tunes of Dan Hess, but got the funky tunes of Frantic Flea instead. <laughs> Just a slight downgrade there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's brutal. Did you have Did you have any instances like that? 
Oh, uh, I'm trying to think. I got a lot of hand-me-down games from my cousin, uh, who was like my much older, like probably but 15 years w- older cousin. Were they treated as like gifts, though? Like, oh, we got you something really good. I don't think so. I think for the most part, they were just given to us, and mm. we. I don't even remember really procuring them. Like, oh, yeah. this is a thing that we got. They just kind of ended up in my house. Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can relate to that for sure. Yeah. So I, I don't remember any like pseudo gifts for the most part. We would just ask for whatever, and that's the one thing we would get. And you'd play the crap out of it because there's nothing else to play. And I lived in the middle of a cornfield, so I wasn't going to any blockbusters. So, yeah, I would have my one or two games that I had gotten for my birthday and play them until they were dead, basically. (laughs) Shout out to Blocks Gaming Reviews for posting that story. Appreciate you. Um, and yeah, my, mine, uh, my, I've told this story on here a bunch of, at least a couple times where, uh, I wanted Sim Earth for Super yeah. Nintendo and yeah, garbage ass game. Um, I think we covered, this is the 23rd episode and I was like, Hey, we can talk 2023, but I think we covered it at the, at the beginning of the episode pretty well. Right. Yeah, um, Game Unless Awards you, are coming up for this year, so that's gaming, cool. That's gaming cool Awards are coming up, and make sure to yeah. check out IndieQuest for their Indie Gaming Review Awards ceremony. I'm sure you guys have trophies made up for the developers <laughs> that you're going to FedEx them. So, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're going to, uh, like, what? Can, can you give us a hint of what you liked most this year? Oh man, that's tough. Um, out of what I've played, honestly, I haven't even like compartmentalized where I want to put everything yet. But hmm. some great games that I played this year, I'm just gonna rattle a couple a couple off that are indies. Um, sea of Stars, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, Cocoon. I think everyone out there should play. Cocoon. I've heard great things about that. That's on my list. Um, Josh. From IndieQuest, my, yep. my, my, one of my co-hosts actually reviewed Cocoon on our last episode. So if anybody wants to check that out, please do. Um, and then Josh and I actually did a whole episode on a game called A Space for the Unbound. That is also hmm. a really good game. Kind of a... Oh, it's kind of like a point and click, but not really um, adventure style, side scrolly. It looks like it would kind of belong. Like It's a little too polished, but it looks like it, it, would, it would fit nicely on a super nintendo actually so huh nice right on yeah and then like i said i i've been playing all the mario all the time uh that's basically been my i mean i'm i'm trying to get out of it i'm playing a lot of tetris effect um i did play sea of stars i did play um act razor renaissance i did play i'm trying to think of what other like those aren't 2023 games though i mean sea of stars is but renaissance isn't trying to think of what else that came out this year that i may have played i can't remember off the top of my head so all the hype all the hype is for Baldur's gate three yeah i i need to get into that too because i do it's 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 still real-time strategy right yes yes i think so okay a few people in the discord played i think pam put like 80 hours into it (laughs) i'm not surprised um yeah that's that's see i would i'm like you i'd rather play like a shorter game like cocoon rather than pour 80 hours into a singular title 
you've got to play cocoon yeah i know i'm telling you it is don't (laughs) don't look nothing up going in play cocoon it is so good i already know i'm gonna end up it's one of those games like well i know i'm gonna end up doing a video on it is 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 it on switch i think it's on everything as okay. far as I know, I, th- I think it's on Switch. I mean, I know it's. I played it on Steam, but I, I believe it's on Switch. Okay. Let me just make sure real quick. And yes, it is on Switch. I'm totally getting it. Um, and there's a sale on it right now, five bucks off. So I might as well get it. Um, yeah, it's it's so good. Right on. So I, th- I think that, that wraps it up then, right? Yeah. What's, what's the yeah. score of the Red Wings game? Two two. I've been checking. Oh, the equalizer from KJ Miller. I see. Yes, yes. Yep. So, but I think that that will do it for this episode. So, all right, everyone. That's been another Drunk Fred podcast. Check out our website, polymedianetwork.com. There's new episodes of Polykill, Point and Drink Adventure, Uncle Doug's DVD Bin, and of course, Indie Quest, which I'm on. Right on, and you can send us an email to the show at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're not interested in sending us an email, that's not a big deal. Just give us a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice. That'll help us out big time. You can find us all on social media. We have a subreddit for our network, r slash polymedia, and an Instagram, at polymedia network. For Trav, most places, is at Trav Plays Games. And Alex is, of course, at Snestrunk. And I am at Captain Drachma. The old captain. And the track you hear right now is composed by our friend Coolor, and it's called Electric Star Bounce. You can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And a shout-out to... Fucking... Shout-out to Josh. almost made it. it, You know what it is? It's the T from shout-out to... to That is a lot. Shout-out to Josh Leslie for our thirst-quenching logo. It's, It's the transition into the Josh... And then going from the SH to... I'm, like, looking at my mouth in the mirror right now, and it's like... (laughs) Like, I I look stupid, but... Yeah, I can't say that sequence of words, but I've made that clear already over the years. (laughs) Be sure to catch those guys on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Cheers! See ya.